Hello everybody, welcome back, or if this is your first time, welcome to Chats with DJ. So today, we are literally um, chatting with DJ, I don't have a host, I'm sorry, I don't have a guest, it is literally just me. But today, we're gonna go back, I want you guys to travel back with me, let's go back, we're gonna go back to the arts, we're gonna go back, back in time. Okay, so it is a midsummer night, probably 2005, 2006. I am 18 years old. I am in my finest library. I think me and my friends, we probably went to Melrose to a consignment store and got something fancy to wear that night. Um, I am standing in line on Crenshaw and Pico in California, in Los Angeles. This isn't typically an area that it, um, I've been encouraged to frequent at night, but hey, it's a, it's a Friday night and we're here. Um, I remember, well, we're standing in line and we have to wait till two o'clock because I'm 18 years old and I want to get into this nightclub, but we have to wait till after the, um, at two o'clock is when the 18 year olds can come in. So I'm, I'm standing in line and I've had, and I, at the bottom of the stairs, before you go into the nightclub, because there are stairs to go up where they let you in the club, at the bottom of the stairs, there's this very short, unassuming um, lady, about 5'5", five, five, beautiful brown skin, salt and pepper, uh, small little afro, short hair, really sweet, just just greeting us. And I walk into, I'm walking into the club. Little do I know that I've just met an L.A. legend, Jules Tice William, the owner and founder of this legendary L.A. icon that I'm walking into, Jules Catch One Disco. Okay, so let's step back a moment. The greater Los Angeles area, as we know, um, is kind of known for being very inclusive. You know, we got Hollywood, we have a we have great scenery, and also a, a, a nice nightlife. Well, as we know, things are always changing in California. From the arrival of the railroads to the rapid development of urban spaces, California has always been a place to change. Now, as I mentioned earlier, it's always been known for its storied nightlife. However, this all, this wasn't always the case for black uh, gay Angelinos. And that's where the luminary Jules Tice Williams stepped in. Um, not only did Jules create a liminal space on the threshold of society for blacks and gays to party, she created a safe space in the Catch One Disco that served as not that served not only as a beacon of light for people on the throngs of society, but also as a national icon for LA and arguably America. So, well before the 1969 Stonewall riots, LA had uh, was establishing itself as a place, as a safe space for gay people, from having uh, some of the first pioneering publications specifically for gay people and also clinics and organizations that were specifically for gay people. Um, as described in Pioneers on the Frontiers of Faith and Latitudes. Uh, this wasn't the case actually for black people, or black gay people specifically. In um, chapter one of the Ken Starr book, it explains that following the 1920s, though the number of blacks in LA continued to grow, they still faced housing discriminations, school regulations, and a number of uh, discrimination on many fronts, including in the nightlife and the um, the club industry. Uh, 
So Jules began partying in the nightlife scene in LA in the 1970s, and she found two things odd. She said they all the clubs were white owned, and two, they heavily discriminated against black patrons. She says she remembers going to the clubs and they would double card her. She would have to show, she and other black gay patrons would have to show two forms of IDs. Um, she said herself and some of the other gentlemen, I'm sorry, other gay, gay gentlemen would have fine silk shirts on. They would ruin them by plastering name tags on them. No other patrons in the club had name tags on them. So after facing this for many years, Jules decided to do something about it. She actually purchased the club on Crenshaw and Pico that was already there. It was a supper club, a white-owned supper club. And so she purchased it and renamed it Jules Tice Catch One Disco. So Jules opened the club and it became Jules Catch One Disco, which was the first gay black disco in all of America. <clears throat> and as Jay Isser described in the TED Talk on intersectionality, intersectionality deals with people that sit at the intersections of many different labels, different classifications. And the catch was a place for people in these intersections to be able to be themselves from black gay men running from the homophobia in the black community to from to the them facing the discrimination in West Hollywood for being black they could come into the catch and be themselves without fear of society they could exist in this liminal space this liminal safe space and also much like the rich white men who were the railroad titans that had the railroad industry or railroad bearings that had the railroad industry tied up. The rich white men also had a monopoly on the club scene in West Hollywood and also the real estate. So as a result, when the AIDS epidemic hit, they were able to band together and create resources to help their communities, um, different clinics, different um, fundraisers to raise money. As AIDS was first marketed as a gay white male disease, black the black gay community wasn't aware of it. So by the time it hit, it was very devastated. So Jules, um, Catch One Disco, um, jumped into this space to be one of the first, they actually created a clinic to be able to address the needs of gay black men and gay black women in the at the height of the AIDS epidemic. For all the good the club was doing, the um, people that felt displaced by her club being there, the white club owners, and even politicians, um, they banded together and they tried to get her to sell, but she stood strong. Something happened. She speculates it may have been because of them, but the top floor of the club was burned down in the 80s. Um, so, much like the tag talk about grit, um, she didn't give up. She had to hunker down, work hard, put in a long-term plan to reach a long-term goal, and she did. She was able to hold fundraisers, um, 
um, and raise the money through no help of local government funds or anything like that. She dug in. She did it herself. She was resilient. And um, she reopened the club again. For all of its importance to society, for creating a safe space, for being a beacon of light, and for being a pioneer of what was to come, much like the changing maps in latitudes, highlighted in latitudes, the LA landscape for nightlife has also changed. The catch is no more. The patrons it once sought to serve and cater to have since moved on, uh, often opting to switch classes for one night and go to West Hollywood where white owners have become much more in tune with the needs of black clientele. This has left the catch one. This left the catch one with the dwindling clientels. The numbers went down. They were forced to close. As explained in the uh, fortifications and catacombs of the conquest of L.A.'s article in Latitudes, um, there's no memorial for this place. It was destroyed with such total ferocity. It is as if it was never existed. Okay, maybe not as... Maybe it's not as severe sounding as that. I mean, I, I don't, maybe it wasn't destroyed with such ferocity, but really it was. It's like, I remember, personally, I remember having the catch, again, like I was saying, like I started off, I remember going there, first being first being um, introduced to the club, walking up and being so amazed that there were so many black gay men like myself, like coming out, I remember thinking I was like the only one that was like me. So having that space was really a great thing. And then I remember slowly like, we trickled into West Hollywood and it was like, oh, okay, I can uh, put on a little finer clothes. Like you really do feel as if you're transcending class. So I totally can understand why um, Jules uh, would would basically believe that, that it was no longer a need for her in that space because we had, um, again, felt like we were being accepted in West Hollywood, wanted to switch classes for a night. So it's just a, a space that we have to remember and preserve. It was very important to LA. It's very important to LA and California culture, much like Pavungna, that was along the 101 that's not there. That was once a beacon of hope, I'm sure, for the displaced people of the First Nations. The Catch One, Jules Catch One Disco was a beacon of light in LA, in California, for the for a uh, impoverished community. So if you're ever traveling up Crenshaw and you pass Pico, look to the right. You'll see a building there. Should be two stories. I think they may still have the sign out. But just remember, right there stood the Jules Catch One Disco. The nation's first black gay disco and more. <laughs>